We go next to China, to an orphanage where a young child is just about to meet her new American mother for the very first time. When we got there, it was a cold day in January, and all the older children came rushing out to see us. They knew that we were there to do an adoption, and very few children are ever adopted, and they had practiced saying hello. They brought my child to me, my daughter Jacqueline, and she, of course, was absolutely terrified. She was four years old, and then she basically was told, these are your new parents, and get in the car with them. She was not about to do that. She planted her feet, and she began to cry and make a sound, not even like a human cry. It was like listening to an animal. And all the cajoling and all the encouragement couldn't get her into the car, so we literally almost kidnapped her. We had to pick her up. My husband picked her up and kind of put her in the back seat of the car where she just laid there stiffly across my lap. And she screamed, and she screamed, and she screamed. Shout, 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 shout. And I kept believing, well, this will be when she gets home, when she gets to the United States, this will end. What I didn't know was that it was, this shadow would live with us every day. There was an interpreter there that was a guide for us, and she told the interpreter to explain to us that she had a baby, and she wasn't going to leave China without her baby. She called him Xiao Xiao, which is a Chinese nickname for very little. She explained that if the kids were older than three, they were given jobs. So her job, her responsibility, was to care for these two little toddlers that were basically a head shorter than she was. She had potty trained them, and she had would help them eat. But what she was the most proud of, really, was that she had protected them from bigger kids. She said she gave all her love to this little boy she had nicknamed Xiao Xiao, and that she was not going to leave China without her baby. We were there for about two weeks total. And then when we came back here, within six weeks, she could speak and she could actually convey some pretty complex thoughts in full sentences. She talked about him constantly. The only way I can describe it was it was like living with a very short mother who had had a baby ripped from her arms. She never stopped talking about him. We just said to her, we can't bring him here. And of course, she couldn't understand the sophisticated system of how all the paperwork that's required and the red tape, and you can't just take a child out of there. To be honest, I never even thought about trying to bring him here. I just kept thinking that she would get over it. One of the things I can remember most vividly was the first time I took her to McDonald's. She couldn't believe that not only did you get this cool meal, but that you also got this little toy, you know, in the Happy Meal. But then I noticed every time we went there after that, she wouldn't open her Happy Meal package. She'd hold the toy up to the light to see what it was. And then when she got home, she stuffed him in a little box. And finally I asked her what she was doing, and she said, Xiao Xiao never had a little toy. There was no logic that you could give her in terms of trying to explain why he couldn't come here. She had noticed that we only had five chairs around our dining room table and that they were already full. And so she said one night, well, you know, he could just sit on my lap while we ate. And then one day she took me up and she showed me her bed and she said, you know, we wouldn't even need to get him his own bed. He could just slip right here on the other end of the bed from her. I started writing an email to a small group of friends and telling them about Jacqueline and her baby. Unbeknownst to me, and sometimes with my permission, these emails started to get forwarded to people who knew people who knew people. And then the responses started to come. 
I got emails from people all, literally all over the world saying, my prayer group in New York is praying for Jacqueline's baby. Our Indian reservation is praying to our ancestors for Jacqueline's baby. Our synagogue has taken up this cause. Is there any news? A lady I've never met, I wouldn't recognize her if she walked into the room from Minnesota, put up all the adoption fees and said, I'll pay the fees if we could bring him here. A lady in Tennessee said, I'll buy him clothes until he's 18 years old. Someone sent a bike from Florida. And then her story got told to some powerful folks. It ended up with a United States senator who ended up cutting through red tape on the INS side of things. And then the story was taken to the Chinese officials. And they worked together with the United States authorities. Fifteen months after she was adopted, Jacqueline walked back into that orphanage and grabbed the hand of her baby. Today, he's her cousin. He lives 20 minutes away from us. He was adopted by my sister, and he's part of our family. The way I think about it is this. If you think about love being a a state where you can't be happy if the person that you love isn't happy, this is the way she loved that little boy. She never could rest knowing that he was still there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Grab a tissue. Wipe your eyes. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. It just means you're a human being. Many thanks to Cindy Champanella for sharing her story with us. She's currently working on a new book of true stories called The Twelve Gifts of Life. We'll have a link on snapjudgment.org. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.